Have you wondered about living elsewhere after you retire? Well, we have, almost daily. As you know, it's not an overnight decision. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about places to consider living in during your retirement. We started this show for selfish reasons. We will be retiring in the next few years, but we're not sure where. Then a light bulb went off in Jean's head. He asked, what are others doing? With so many baby boomers retiring, there must be many relocating. Let's connect with them and pick their brains. But first, a little background about us. I'm Asian, born in Brazil, and raised in Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney and practicing higher ed law at a college, and I love working with students, faculty, and staff. And now, I'm a podcaster. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I'm not Asian. Born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I've always wanted to leave. I'm a law librarian working in a court who loves his job. We've lived in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, New York for many years and have been thinking about our future home. So we will be speaking to folks from around the world who have moved to venues of their dreams and more. And we will share their intimate secrets. Whoa! (laughs) Just kidding! We will offer information you may not find anywhere else, though. So stay tuned. Hola. Guess where we're headed today? Yucatan, Mexico. Gene, this is our third Retire Abroad episode. No. Yeah. Isn't it great? It appears about one and a half million U.S. expats live in Mexico. And depending on the source, one can retire comfortably with $26,000 a year or less. So a little background. Rob was born in Montreal, Canada. By first grade, his family had moved to the United States and settled in New York City. Rob attended Brooklyn Tech High School in Brooklyn, New York. Go Tech Knights! And earned a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering and computer science from Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute in Troy, New York. Upon graduation, Rob moved to Allentown, Pennsylvania and went to work doing process design and computer process control for air products and chemicals. He then got an MBA from Lehigh University and married Nancy Levin. Rob and Nancy moved to New Jersey to start a family and Rob worked for Airco Gases, which became BOC Group and is now part of Lind. Rob's work focus changed from chemical engineering to operations research and business systems development. The family then moved back to Allentown, Pennsylvania after the birth of their second child. In 2000, Rob left his employer to work in consulting and e-commerce. In 2011, Rob left his stable job for the adventures of joining a tech startup, which was followed by another startup based in Portland, Oregon. Why didn't you stay there? So nice. At that point, Rob and his new spouse, Roy Bickford, moved to Portland. With the failure of the second startup in 2016, Rob and Roy decided to retire. As they were both relatively young to retire, they moved to Yucatan, Mexico, for its low cost of living. For entertainment, they opened a small bed and breakfast and pursued a passion for travel. So a little bit about Roy. Born and raised and attended college in Florida. In fact, he was a football star in high school. He then later attended seminary school and became a pastor. 
He also taught elementary school, mostly fifth and sixth grade. He eventually moved to Virginia and also had five children, and then finally to Philadelphia. He was a teacher for most of that time. And then Roy divorced. And guess what? He met up with Rob in Philadelphia. In fact, it was Roy's idea about the B&B. Good for you guys. Okay, Rob, a little nostalgia. So I was on the cheering squad back in the day. Do you know what our mascot is? Oh, <laughs> no, I don't remember. Uh, I, I can visual, sort of hazily visualize it, but unfortunately. Okay, so it's an odd one. It's not an animal. It, it's it, an, isn't it an no. engineer? With yes, the, um, it's an engineer. The, yeah. <laughs> it's an engineer with, um, what is that thing called? The megaphone. All right. All right. I I know. What can I say? So thank you for joining us today. And I understand Roy is preoccupied with something else. So we're going to have you for the next hour, we hope. And tell us, how did you and Roy decide to retire in Mexico? Can you walk us through your journey? Sure. It actually started while we were in Oregon. Uh, we went to visit uh, one of Roy's uh, relatives, uh, a sister-in-law of his, who is telling us that when she um, would retire, she was going to move to Belize because you could buy a house on the water in Belize for $50,000 and you could live on $800 a month. And it was super cheap and everything was super wonderful. Roy and I looked at each other and said, wow, that, 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 that's pretty impressive. That's uh, very enticing. Um, of course, looking into it further, we found out that that really wasn't the case. Yes, you could buy a shack on the beach for that price. And yes, you could live for $800 a month. But there, it was very unsafe. The cost to fly into and out of Ali City was extremely high. So we we just sort of put that in the back of our heads and said, all right, well, yeah, this is an interesting data point. When uh, when I lost when the when I lost my job when the second startup failed and uh, I was uh, 55, 56 and needed to um, find another job in the tech field, a on the West Coast at that age in tech, it's very hard to find a job. Even when I was in that last position, my staff thought I was over the hill to begin with. <laughs> the average age of my staff at the startup was... Uh, 12? Oh, I'd say 25. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. I would have oh, guessed 13. That, that's how they acted. <laughs> uh, that, no, but they were in their late 20s for the most part. And... You know, when when I was a young engineer and when I first got out of school, I remember thinking about the older generation the same way. <laughs> so I can't really blame them, you know, that, uh, okay, I, I, I was at um, taking a uh, management information systems course at Lehigh. My professor was the CIO of IT at Bethlehem Steel. Wow. And oh, wow. when he was lecturing, I was like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> no, no way. So, 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 so I could see how my staff thought I was over the hill and, you know, 
didn't know what I, you know, bad ideas and all that. Oh sort my of God. Stuff. That's a huge corporation. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was then. Mm-mm-mm. Anyway, so uh, we both decided to exit the rat race, uh, you know, and, and retire. It was at that point that, you know, that discussion we had about Belize came, you know, back into our minds. And we're like, well, maybe Belize isn't the answer, but maybe there is an answer in you know, Latin America. So we started researching to see what was around. One of our criteria was low cost of travel. Between us, we had seven kids. We expected to be traveling back, either us traveling back and forth to see the kids or paying for the kids to come down. So we wanted um, inexpensive airfare. And we came across that Cancun, like Las Vegas, has very inexpensive airfare because the resorts subsidize a lot. Of sure. You know, they're trying to get people to come down there. So Cancun had incredibly low airfare. So I said, okay, go online and let's let's look what's driving distance from Cancun. While Cancun is beautiful and all that, it is a resort, it is kind of expensive. We're looking driving distance, and that's how we came upon the area that we currently moved to, Chalem. Chalem is three and a half hours, four hours, three and a half hours if you drive really fast from the Cancun airport. And, you know, a a reasonable drive. We could uh, buy a house here very inexpensively, right on the water. And the cost of living was very low. What's very inexpensive for a house? All right. So to give you an idea... Very good friends of ours down the street bought a a waterfront lot right on the water, Mm -hmm. built a brand new house from scratch on that lot for $168,000. No, for everything? Everything. Zoop to nuts. They have a pool, three bedroom, three and a half bath, gorgeous lot, you know, palm trees lining the driveway. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. So that, that, that gives you an idea. Granted, over the past four years, prices have gone up. We also paid more for our place, primarily because we decided we wanted to run a bed and breakfast. So we needed something that was more suitable for a bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. To house the seven kids. Um, no. Uh, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, we actually had a room that we allocated to friends and family. <laughs> so even if the bed and breakfast would be full, we'd always have room for at least two of the kids to come down at any time. <laughs> Good. And how many how many rooms are you in, in the bed and breakfast? So the house we bought has six bedrooms and six bathrooms. Nice. Wow. Okay. We originally had four bedrooms that we would rent out, uh, one bedroom for ourselves, and and then the, the fam, friends and family bedroom. We actually, at the start of COVID or right before COVID, cannibalized one of the bedrooms because it was the smallest. We, we, we didn't rent it out very often. But we cannibalized that bedroom and turned it into a home gym. Oh, oh nice. Nice. So we basically have a, a complete resort here. We, we have the home gym. We have a pool. We have a jacuzzi. Wow. Uh, oceanfront, you know, 
everything you can ask for. Okay. Can we make a reservation for um, <laughs> summer 2021? Sure. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, should, should I do a plug for the... Uh... Yes. Yeah. Do a plug. Oh, do absolutely. A plug. Absolutely. We'll the so they, it's called Bears on La Playa. And that's, uh, the, the website is bearsonlaplaya.com. On La Playa is, is Spanish, so it's Spanglish, mm-hmm. bears in English, and then on La, E-N-L-A, Playa. You yep. know, yeah, we'll, put, we'll put that in the show notes so people yeah. can see. There's, there's our logo. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> I love it. I wish our audience could that see is that. So that funny. is so cool. You know, the last time we were in your area or your neck of the woods was about maybe two, three years ago. We stayed at Barcelo Riviera Maya. I remember the trip because I wound up going to the hospital because I slipped while coming down these um, cement stairs. Yeah, she was walking down the <laughs> steps and, and she, I went, she flying. went flying and she banged into the wall really hard. I thought I thought she it was really bad, but it wasn't. It was bad, but it wasn't quite as bad as I, yeah. I thought it was. What a way to what a way to um, travel. But okay, it, uh, so back to not, um, good. not good. Just one bit of follow up on that. Riviera, the Yucatan is like a triangular peninsula. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riviera Maya and and even Cancun is on the uh, Caribbean side. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's on the Got south it. part. Mm-hmm. We're on the north part. We're on the Gulf side. Our beaches and our water look a lot different than ah, what you see sure. in Caribbean or uh, yeah, Riviera Maya okay. or Tulum or any of those places. Can you tell us how are the regulations and, and is building a home, especially on the waterfront side, is that highly regulated? Are there any concerns with um, you know storms or that kind of thing? That's an interesting question. There are regulations. This being Mexico, there's a way to skirt the regulations if you really want to. Over the four years that we've been here, uh, some of the regulations have been, uh, the government has been cracking down on on some of the regulations and making them stricter. One of the uh, regulations is how far back from the water you can build. Uh, When we moved here, you could build your house right touching the water. Oh my God. (laughs) Not a smart idea, but yes, you could do that. Oh my goodness. Two years later, they said you have to be 20 meters, 60 feet back. Now it's 60 meters, 120 feet back. (laughs) So um, they're, they're, they're trying to get people not to build so close to the water. But again, this being Mexico, if there's a house already on the property, it's grandfather. Grandfather, yeah. So you can literally tear down the house to the foundation <gasps> and build whatever you want. Oh my goodness! You know, right on the water. <laughs> Imagine trying to That's do that ridiculous. here. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They uh, again, it's Mexico. That's about the only real uh, regulations they have. Mm. E- everything else is haphazard. You can do what you want. <laughs> and and insurance, you can get a lot of insurance. You can get insurance. Uh, interestingly enough, again, Mexico, very interesting. Uh, we bought homeowners insurance with hurricane insurance. Okay. And the uh, insurance agent was fine. No problem. I'll sell it to you. But 
if they find if the insurance company finds out you don't have a seawall, they won't pay you. They'll take your money for the insurance. Oh my but goodness! If you don't have a seawall, they won't pay you. And by the way, a, a seawall is probably not what you think it is. It's basically a cement foundation that goes down nine feet into the ground, sort of create a wall in front of your structure so the water can't come underneath your structure and wash it out. Ah, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's it, it's there. So uh, uh, a lot of times you can have a seawall and never even see it because it's totally underground. Okay. And, and in our area, we also, there are other, um, we have what's called an espalone. It's these wooden sticks that go out into the water and filled with rocks to break the waves and, and keep the sand in and build out our, oh, wow. our beachfront. Mm-hmm. So our beachfront, actually, we fixed our Espelon when we moved in here. And our beachfront has grown by about 15 feet. Wow. That's from great. the time we moved in here. Wow. That's interesting. So um, did you guys think about healthcare and, you know, obviously all those things? We know the answer to weather, I think, <laughs> for the most part. Many people have traveled to Mexico, but share with us those pieces. Okay. So health, we did look into healthcare, uh, you know, being in our late fifties, it's something you have to think about. There are world-class hospitals nearby. Okay. So we live, like I said, it's a small fishing village called Chalem. 30 minutes south of us is a major city called Merida, city of about a million people. Merida has a couple dozen hospitals. And they range from what you would consider a welfare hospital in the States to a, you know, NYU Langone or type of hospital. Hmm. All right. The top hospital is Star Medica, and they just built a new one called Faro. You, you get excellent, excellent medical care here. The doctors, for the most part, uh, especially on the higher end, speak English. They uh, uh, a lot of times go to conferences in the States. Some have even been trained in the States. We, before we got here, we found that the care here was excellent. When we got here, Roy had hip problems when we moved down here. We immediately signed up for insurance, even though a lot of people don't, but we did. There was a one-year waiting period for pre-existing conditions on the hip. So literally a year after uh, we, we had signed up for health insurance, Roy got a hip replacement done. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. All right, good timing. Um, yeah. Well, no, we, 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 were, we knew we were going to do it. Yeah. The surgeon, you know, it was the same techniques, uh, prosthesis, you know, the, the, what goes in the, in the hip and that, but they used in the States, yeah. actually comes from the States. The, you know, the operating room and everything was brand spanking new. The surgeon, A, spoke English. He did an excellent job. And it, it, in a lot of senses, it, it's like medicine, maybe in the 50s and 60s in the States, because after the surgery, he stayed in the hospital for a few days in private room and all that, more like a hotel room than a hospital wow. room. Wow. And then I uh, came back home and like, Four days later, five days later, it was time to change the bandages. 
the surgeon came up to us. He drove wow. 30 kilometers to our house what? to change uh, Roy's wow. bandages. Okay. That's wonderful. Because we had insurance that cost us $1,000, the whole thing. Oh, well, the whole That's thing. Incredible. Wow. That was the whole thing. If we didn't have insurance, and now this is the amazing part, if we did not have insurance, yeah. it would have cost $8,000. Oh, that's all? That's all. That's why people, a lot of people here might not have insurance. So in the States, we we looked it up, and it would have cost about $30,000 yeah. to have yeah, hip replacement least. done. Oh my and with the insurance we had when we were in the States, after the uh, second startup failure, we would have had to pay $6,000 out of pocket. Wow. Wow. Interesting. So that gives you an idea yeah. of the, uh, the the quality of healthcare here. It's interesting. When we were in uh, Riviera Maria and Gillen hurt her shoulder in the hotel, they sent us to what, what I describe as a mini hospital. Sort of a little... Like an urgy care, but, but with... More, more than an urgy yeah, care. Was sort of a mini hospital. But it seemed... And it was very good. The doctor was yeah, good and the doctor yeah. spoke English. It seemed like the most of the patients there were either tourists or expats. It, as I said, there's several levels of hospital here. And, and, and let, me, let, me, let me talk about that $8,000 hip replacement that if mm -hmm. we had to pay it out of pocket. $8,000 translates into... 160,000 pesos. Okay. Right. A typical worker here makes 350 pesos a day. So paying 160,000 pesos wow. is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know, a, lo a, a local could not afford that. Oh, right. Man. So the local would go to welfare hospitals. Mm -hmm. And there's two levels. There are two levels of there's, you know, state health care here. Mexico has state health care. Everyone is covered. The lowest level is Seguro Popular, which is um, totally free. Anyone can get it. You just show up. You get service. Quality, not so good. But you get service. So you get you know. service. Mm -hmm. you, you will get service eventually. <laughs> Uh, the next level up is IMSS, which is sort of like, think of it like universal health insurance. Okay, so every employer has to pay into, for every employee, IMSS. So it, it, it's a step up and, you know, slightly better quality doctors, slightly better quality service. Mm -hmm. And the private tends to be wealthy Mexicans and expats. Because for us, it doesn't, you know, the, our, our healthcare insurance when we moved down here was $1,200 per year, which for us is nothing, right? It's great. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. for a Mexican, mm -hmm. it's like 26,000 pesos a year. Mm -hmm. yeah. And this is when you're only paying, so so what, what let's say 24,000 pesos a year. So it's 2,000 pesos a month. Mm. When you only make 350 pesos a day. Yeah. 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 It's expensive for mm -hmm. that. Yeah. 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 So that's why when you went to that uh, emergency care or, you know, it was a private hospital. And that's why you saw pretty much expats there. The the other interesting thing about um, when, when Gillen was injured was that after we left the um, the medical facility, we went, we had to go to a pharmacy. And the pharmacy wasn't like a 
a Rite Aid or a, um, a CVS. It was this little shop <laughs> and all it had <laughs> yeah. was prescriptions. It didn't have, you couldn't buy soap there or anything. It was this little tiny place. It was, I remember it was late at night and they were open and the guy, I walk in and the guy says, may I help you? And I said, they gave him the prescription. He gave, gave it back to me. I paid him and that, that was it. But it was, uh, it was just a little tiny place. It was very interesting. That's the norm here. They're all chains. The, the pharmacies are all chains. So that, that little 10 foot by 20 foot store yeah. uh, was probably part of a chain of pharmacies. Oh, wow. And there's like, you know, quite a number of different chains. But yes, um, they're all small. They primarily carry just medicine. They might have a few extra things like Pedialyte or uh, mm-hmm. diapers or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. two or three packages of it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's just literally a, a drugstore, not a pharmacy, a drugstore. Right. Okay. And the other thing that you probably didn't realize is you didn't need a prescription to buy those drugs. Is that right? You don't need prescription. Yeah. Uh, there are very few items in Mexico that you need a prescription for. So, for example, I have high blood pressure, high cholesterol. So I take blood pressure medicine. I take cholesterol medicine. I even have uh, irregular heartbeat. So I take a medicine for that. Mm-hmm. All those medicines, I just walk into the pharmacy and I say, okay, I need a bottle of lisinopril. I need a bottle of Lipitor. I need a <laughs> bottle of this. That's it. What? Um, <laughs> but, but is that covered by your insurance? No, it's not. It's not. Mm. Okay. The insurance doesn't cover medicines here uh, that you buy at the pharmacy, but they're dirt cheap. We pay about the same as what we paid in copay in the States when we bought, uh, when we would buy, um, what's it called? Uh, a medicine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like, like the lisinopril copay in the States is about $3 per month. And, th- and that's what we pay here. We pay about $2 per month for lisinopril without copay. It's the full price of the medicine. I'll give you a good example. Roy's, uh, three of Roy's daughters have asthma. They need an inhaler, albuterol inhaler. Yeah, yeah. In the States, without insurance, it costs $300 for a single inhaler. Wow. Here, it costs $4 for a single inhaler. No. <laughs> No insurance, nothing. You just go in and say, I need a buterol. They give you the, the box and it's $4. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. What an industry in the U.S. What yeah, an industry. Yeah. 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 So. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. on, the, on the other hand, you know, I, I, when I hurt myself, I had to take um, Mobic, you know, this very strong, uh, it's like ibuprofen, but like eight times its strength. And I paid eight cents at Walgreens. <laughs> <laughs> eight cents. I mean, but I know the cost of it otherwise, you know, um, but it might be just, um, you but know, it's probably $4 in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to go down there. <laughs> uh, well, $4 for a bottle, you know, a bottle of a hundred or something. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Realize, okay. you know, it's not, it's not per pill $4, right, you know, right, it's a month's right. supply or something. Right. Right. So, so let's, let's move to um, cost of living and things like that. Can you tell us the other factors that were part of your decision-making process in moving abroad? Well, cost of living was the number one, you know, uh, factor. 
We wanted to make sure we could live because we were pre-retirement age, weren't getting social security or anything. We, we, we had some investments in the States. Uh, we wanted to make sure we could live off of the, inve- uh, the income from the investments we had in the States. Okay. And, and we didn't want to touch our, well, we were too young to touch our IRA or anything like that. So we, we, we had some real estate in the States. Uh, they were rental properties. We had uh, three rental properties in the States. And we just wanted to make sure that what from the rent we were getting off those properties, we could live a good life here in Mexico. So when we came down here and you know we started talking to people and the realtor, uh, we sat down with the realtor and we had her give us a spreadsheet with what her monthly budget was. And, you know, they uh, they were living on a, thousand, a little over $1,000 a month, okay? Wow. That included food, uh, electricity, gas, you know, everything. Insurance. Wow. The, the whole thing. Soup to nuts were for $1,000 a month. <laughs> wow. Granted, they lived very frugally. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... Uh, l- l- let me give you an idea. So we have high-speed fiber internet here. We pay, uh, so this is the top end. So we pay $25 a month What for our internet service. Oh, my goodness. God. We're jealous All now. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, because it's warm here, we don't use much gas. We use gas, you know, to cook, and we use gas to heat, so it's negligible. Uh, our water bill is $60 a year. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Um, food costs here are like, it, it, it's really inexpensive. You know, it, it's like, you know, you can buy an apple for like about four cents or a mm-hmm. uh, lemon for about the same mm-hmm. price. You know, but mm-hmm. produce is, you know, you're, you're talking pennies. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're, uh, in a little, you're in a little town. Do you have a supermarket? I wouldn't call it a supermarket. We have a, 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 a little market. So it's about, you know, it, it, it has eggs, it has milk, it has, you know, pasta, it has oil, it has the basic necessities, mm-hmm. you know, toilet paper and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but, but, but it's very small, you know, it's like a corner store. Uh-huh. Uh, the closest supermarket to us is in the next town over called Progresso which is 10 kilometers away, six miles away. And there, there are, there are actually three supermarkets in that store. A mid-sized one uh, that's like um, D'Angelo's <laughs> in uh, Manhattan. In Manhattan, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a larger one that's more like, you know, key food or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know if you still have key food there. Yeah, yes, um, we do. <laughs> uh, like a key food. And then there's an even larger one, uh, but that's more like a, a a Walmart type of thing. It's actually owned by Walmart. It's uh, but it's not. It's uh, Aurora Bodega, Bodega Aurora, and that will have you know a, a, a fairly large uh, produce section, food, but they also sell clothing mm-hmm. and appliances mm-hmm. and all oh, that wow. sort of stuff. Okay. So you must have it's, a car. We do. Oh, uh, well, hold on. The, the, now I remember what I wanted to go. But let's go back to the grocery store. For 
big then if we drive into Merida, which is 30 miles away, we have Costco there. Ooh. We have a, a, a supermarket chain called Shadrawi. And Shadrawi is like, I, 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 I don't know if you have Wegmans where you are. I love Wegmans. It, it's like a Wegmans. finally it's got like one last year. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's like Wegmans. Love okay. Wegmans. They have specialized foods. And it, it, it's a regular, full-sized American supermarket. Now, getting back to, yes, we do have a car. We don't need a car. We, the locals, for the most part, just use the public transportation. We're lazy. We like our air conditioning, and uh, we like we 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 don't like the uh, yeah, <laughs> the public yeah. transportation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so from our house, we walk three blocks to the main road. There's what's called the Collectivo. It's like a 15 passenger van. That goes up and down the street and it goes, it stops, you know, you just flag it down almost like a taxi. And and that will take you into Progresso straight to the grocery store. Oh, Oh, wow. Okay. And then you can take it back out of Progresso into back home. And the Collectivos charge, I think, 10 pesos, 50 cents. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. for, For the now trip. From Progresso, you can then switch to a bus that will take you down to Merida. That that's probably twenty pesos, so you pay a dollar for that, and that will take you to the Shadrawi or the Merida or all that. There's still a bit of walking, and it's hot here in the sun. Not the most pleasant thing, but you can get by without a car. And in the local village we're in, just within the village, they have what we call affectionately call them tuk tuks. They're little bicycle type things with a uh, motorcycle on the back end that push a little cart in the front. You sit in the cart in the front and they'll drive you around town anywhere you want to go. Oh, my goodness. For, for, for a few pesos. So, yeah, there's plenty of infrastructure. Let me go back to uh, transportation. Let me go back to cost of living. We have a six bedroom, right? Six, seven bed- bathroom house right on the beach. Our property taxes are three hundred fifty dollars a year. Oh my goodness! Oh Lord, nice. Oh, okay, <laughs> I was going to ask about taxes. Yeah, our our car insurance is six hundred dollars a year. Oh, and we have a new car. Okay, a, 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 a Kia Sportage. Oh, nice. Um, so the cost of living is is very low. If I wanted to just give up cooking, could I eat out? Every night and uh, on a couple of pesos a night, you think? So, (laughs) in the village we live in, the short answer is yes. The long answer is you wouldn't want to uh, where we live. Uh, The reason being is there isn't a wide variety Hmm. of food where we live. Like I said, it's a fishing village. Uh, Almost... There are two types of restaurants in the fishing village. There are expat village, uh, restaurants, uh, and then there are local restaurants. Mm-hmm. And expat restaurants are run by expats, yeah. and they will serve more Americanized foods. And charge. Uh, the, the local restaurants tend to serve basically identical fare. So, so identical that the menu is actually painted on the wall of each restaurant. <laughs> and it's the same menu in each restaurant. <laughs> it's basically, you know, a, a fish fillet cooked in five different ways, mm-hmm. shrimp, 
cooked in five different ways. Octopus cooked in five different ways. <laughs> I'm there. And then they have what they call shrimp cocktail, which is nothing what you'd consider shrimp cocktail in the States. <laughs> yes, you can eat like that. Uh, you know, so at a Mexican place, let's say you get pescado empanizado, which is fried fish. You know, it's a big platter with fish, uh, you know, a piece of fried fish, rice, vegetables. That that's about it, uh, uh, and it'll cost about eighty pesos, hundred pesos now, so five dollars. <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, Wait, uh, the, the, and, and it's delicious, absolutely yeah. delicious. Oh, okay. You know, a coke will cost you, or a beer will cost you. A coke costs twenty five pesos, a little over a dollar. A beer costs thirty five pesos, a little under two dollars, and it <laughs> all comes with free appetizers so before the meal they bring you plates of ceviche Mm -hmm. uh chips refried beans all that sort of stuff so yes you 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 can eat like that you'll get tired of it (laughs) in merida in the city there's a lot more restaurants and they go much higher end we we have the american chains we have, well, we have Burger King and McDonald's okay. and stuff, but we also go. have Texas Roadhouse, Chili's, Fridays, <laughs> uh, and, and, and then we have steakhouses and we have Brazilian steakhouses and we have wow. Argentinian steakhouses. <laughs> the Brazilian steakhouse in Manhattan on like 65th Street or something. Churrascaria. Yes, that, that's like $75 a person, I believe, right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, here, it's yeah, 300 pesos okay. per person. Okay. So it's $15 per person. Wow. Okay. It's um, amazing. And yeah, you, you, you can get pretty much any type of food here in Merida. And, and how far is Merida, Merida again from you? It's the, the north part of the city is 30 kilometers from us. So it's uh, 18 miles. So it's not like, you know, right around the corner. Right. Got it. Well, you know, we, uh, you know, it, there's a highway between us and them. Mm-hmm. It takes us about 20 minutes to get into town. Oh, wow. oh yeah. Right. The traffic's not the same. <laughs> here. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we, we will go in there for dinner on a routine basis. Sure. Sometimes we go in twice a day because, yeah. oh, we forgot something and we have to go back. We try to avoid that, but yeah, we'll yeah. do that. Yeah. All right. So you answered the question. I can definitely give up cooking. First of all, I can live on fish. I mean, I love seafood. Maybe not every day, but you can certainly buy fish locally, right? And then cook it. Yes, you can. Okay. Not only can you buy fish locally, they come to your house. Wow. <laughs> So, like a minimum uh, minimum delivery, ten dollar min- no. no, 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 no. A guy will come to your house, ring your doorbell, and say, "Do you want to buy fish? <laughs> I have lobster tail. I have shrimp. <laughs> I have grouper. I have oh, you know man. whatever." That's so funny. That is so great. Just pick what you want. See, I mean, you can have great health if you eat fish. You know, Mediterranean diet. There you go. Okay, I have a question. How how you landed in Shalem? How do you say Shalem? Yes. Why why Chilem? It's a small town, fishing village. It's closest to has some restaurants. <laughs> no. Uh the reason we picked Chilem was I went online and I went on to a real estate, a online real estate, and I started looking at houses. And we found houses in this area 
for basically, you know, uh, that we could turn into a bed and breakfast uh, starting at $180,000. Wow. Yeah, it went up from there, but, the, you know, the right. high end was like uh, $250,000. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and when we came down here, we said, well, you know, we don't know much about Mexico. It's, you know, we hear all these horrible things about cartels and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure we're not blowing our um, our retirement savings and everything uh, on a house. So we um, wanted to spend 200 basically was our, our, our max budget. We went over, but we want a, a, a two-bedroom or three-bedroom house where we could rent out two bedrooms, mm-hmm. you know, and we didn't want to spend more than $200,000 on it. And we found that in this area. We ended up buying a bigger house, figuring, you know, again, with the spreadsheet that, okay, we'll, the, the money we'll make will more than cover the extra investment. Mm-hmm. So that, 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 that's exactly how we found this area. It was like literally uh, on, on Google Maps, draw a circle, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, four hours or whatever, three and a half hours from, um, from Cancun. Mm-hmm. And then looked at prices along the waterfront. We mm-hmm. only looked along the waterfront. Wow. Didn't look at anywhere else. And do you get a lot of tourists that come there? The town? Um, we do. We do. More come to Merida than mm-hmm. to the beaches because the beaches aren't that well known. The people, Americans who come down or Canadians who come down to the beaches tend to come to the Caribbean side right. because, like, like you went to Riviera Maya. But there is a large expat population here there's a large snowbird population here and and yeah we do get a fair amount of tourists that come down typically they come they they find merida and then they say oh well we want to stay by the beach what's close to merida Ah, on the beach and that's that's the sort of tourists we get so i have a couple of big questions um first of all do you guys know spanish do you have to learn spanish i mean you're in kind of the touristy part how much spanish does one need Roy doesn't speak a word of Spanish. Still, <laughs> he still, <laughs> and he still insists on you know when he asks for salt, saying, "Can I have some salt?" <laughs> and, and, and and the Spanish word for salt is sal. Yeah, it's yeah. not that. Different. I know. <laughs> okay, but but he'll still say salt, please, <laughs> or salt, por favor. Okay, there uh, you go. Two words. So yeah, you you can get for the most part you can get around without Spanish. There's Google Translate. Yeah. If we're talking to someone and who doesn't speak English and we can't get it across with sign language or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, we'll each whip out our phones, pull up Google Translate. Yeah, I yeah. tend to type it in. Roy is too lazy to type it in. He just speaks into the phone <laughs> and then shows the phone to the other person. <laughs> the other person then speaks into the phone and lo- Roy looks at the phone oh and, and, and we get by that way. Um, so, so, how much so, Spa- so how much Spanish do you know? Um, well, I know I knew zero Spanish before I got here. <laughs> you didn't okay. take Spanish at Tech? No, I took French. Oh, of course you did. <laughs> and ex- and actually, that was the hardest part when I got here. Spanish and French have a lot of similarities. And I wanted to always respond in or say something 
in, in using the French word oh. instead uh, of the yeah, Spanish sure, word. Sure, yes. right, so right. it took me a long time to get my brain to shift from <laughs> oh. French to Spanish. I, I can get by in Spanish. You know, my, my it's like a, a second grader talking English or something. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. you know, I, I don't use the right pronouns and yeah, tenses and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. but I can get my uh, point across and I can understand for the most part, what people are talking. The only area that's a real problem, and it's a very big problem, is on the phone. If Uh, I'm talking to someone face-to-face, their facial expressions of body language, I can understand what they're saying. If it's over the phone, for the most part, I have no idea what they're saying. Oh, my God. Imagine trying to communicate about um, internet, you know, band on the phone with someone. (laughs) So... (laughs) Because that, yes, that, that's an issue, but almost every business here, every doctor has WhatsApp. Okay. <laughs> it's a messaging. Yes. Yeah. yeah we, we have it. We too. have it. Yeah. We use it. Too. So you just WhatsApp. And someone will call me and go, brother, lo siento, no comprende, por favor, WhatsApp. That's nice. Ah, CCC, no problema. Click. And then they WhatsApp. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. what's happened in Spanish. I trans. Okay. I can from reading it. I might understand, or I just translate it, and then I use Google Translate to translate yeah. the response okay. back to them. Well, that's very nice that you say lo siento. I mean, I have to. Do you know what that is, Gene? Thank you. Right? Uh, no, lo siento. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> lo siento. You would have to know my, because my you always Spanish need didn't, El didn't pay much. Yes. Okay. Donde <laughs> es? <laughs> 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 okay. You know, I took look. I took three and a half years of Spanish, and I could not, for the life of me, get the French accent properly. So you know, it's a good thing you started with that because I personally I think Spanish is easier than French. Maybe it's my accent or so you, you know, took whatever. French or Spanish? No, I took Spanish, but I tried to learn learn French for years, uh-huh. and I didn't I didn't do an intense course, which is what I think I need. Yeah, so so you can get by in English, mm-hmm. okay, uh, and you can get by without Spanish pretty easily. Okay, what what about culture shock? Did you guys experience that? You know, after leaving your homes. Biggest culture shock you have here is it's a very laid back lifestyle here. Oh, uh, <laughs> so nice. And, what a problem. Uh, you know, <laughs> there is a um, there, there's a symbol when a, a, a Spanish person will tell you something or a Mexican will tell you something that uh, you know, give me a minute. You know, they'll put their thumb and forefinger together like this. Mm-hmm. You know, momento, momento. Momento here can be. An hour, a minute, it can be <laughs> two years. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> the time scale here is very different. You know, when when, when someone says, "Oh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll come work on that tomorrow, 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 tomorrow next week, tomorrow next year," you don't know. <laughs> Got it. Uh, that that that's probably the biggest culture shock, and you know. There are a lot of expats here who come down and, and they're type A personalities. And say, <laughs> you said you were going to be here tomorrow. Why aren't you here tomorrow? You know? And, uh, you know, but if you yeah, just yeah. go with the flow, right. you're relaxed. You say, hey, you know, I'm retired. I don't have anything to do anyway. Big deal. Uh, you can wait a, a year. Problem. Yeah, you can yeah, wait yeah, a year. Yeah. 
And and do you miss any creature comforts? <laughs> Malamar. Can you get Malamars there? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You're, you're going to laugh. The okay. one thing I love that I can't get here, yeah. Rice Krispies. <laughs> no way. I can buy Cocoa Krispies. I can buy Cinnamon Krispies. I can buy Apple Krispies. Oh I can buy God. Strawberry Krispies. I can buy whatever. But the plain Rice Krispies, you cannot get here. Why is that? I have no, no idea. They don't even no have a, a, an imitation brand? There's no... No. Wow. Nothing. Uh, for the most part, cereals here are all sugared cereals. <laughs> and about the only cereal they sell that's not sugared is cornflakes. Okay. Wow. So what about, uh, what about whole grain? So that, that's nah. an idea for you, Rob. That's a that sounds like a big moneymaker. <laughs> well, it's rice funny because in Mexico. You're the only one that likes rice crispies. Well, interestingly enough, we have you know online shopping here. So we have Amazon here and we have Mercado Libra which is basically the Amazon slash eBay of Latin America. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And on Mercado Libra, you can buy Rice Krispies. It's $20 <laughs> a box. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> but you can get your Rice Krispies. Okay, so, there you so, go. so do you spend the 20 or do you- You uh... have the subscription, Gene. No, no, no. We, 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 uh, I, I either- Whenever we come back to the States, everyone laughs. We pack our suitcase with Rice Krispies <laughs> and bring it back. <laughs> so I have it, you know, for a, a month or two after we oh. come back from the States. <laughs> have, the, have the TSA ever checked the box of that? <laughs> no, nah, they don't care. <laughs> Customs here doesn't care either. Uh, uh, you know, so. our son our son just went back to college for his last semester, and he packed a container of Slap your mama, which is this Cage, spice, Cajun right? spice. Cajun spice. Okay. And he was stopped by TSA. They thought that it could be explosives. Um, explosives. <laughs> now, Powder. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, look at the profile. He's a mechanical engineering student. He's half Chinese, and and it was all taped up. So they untaped it, poured <laughs> some out. And he's like, are you kidding me? I'm going to kill my mother. I'm going to kill my mother. And uh, luckily, they uh, let him go. They they tested it. I don't know how you would test, but anyway. And uh, But he was delayed a bit. Got on the flight, though, luckily. Yeah, right so, before the snowstorm. Yeah. Okay, good, good. Rice Krispie story. I love that. But that's, you know, a, a yeah. minor thing. There, okay. there is an issue here with uh, the consumer culture here is not the same as in the States. Mm-hmm. If you see something in the store today, it does not mean it's going to be in the store tomorrow, next week, <laughs> next okay. month. Give you a great example of this. While we were building the pool in our house, we found these beautiful lounge chairs that we loved. And we said, okay, well, you know, we're in the middle of construction. Uh, it's a mess. We don't want to buy the those uh, lounge chairs right now. Sure. We're going to wait till the pool is finished. Mm. Six weeks later, the pool was finished. We went back to the store. Oh, no, we don't have it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, when are you going to get it back in? She go, oh, about three months. <laughs> we went back in three months. They still didn't have it. Oh. It took them nine months before they got it back in stock. <laughs> oh, they did and get this it. Was, they did get it. This was a product line that this was a major part of their product line. Wow. <laughs> All right. It, it wasn't just like, uh, you know, something that they carried on the side. This was central to their product line. Um, 
You go in. Uh, we used to have a uh, a coffee machine, uh, an espresso machine that ground the, uh, the espresso beans. Mm-hmm. And um, Walmart had this brand, uh, Garrett. You know, a package of espresso beans. Have it, have it, and then they wouldn't have it for months on end. So when they would have it, I'd buy up. Literally, you'd have to go in. I would go in and I'd buy everything on the shelf. I'd just take the entire shelf put it in the basket and buy it. So I would have it because, you know, then they, it, it, you could go six months, nine months without them ca- having that. And, and this is a Walmart. This isn't, you know, a, a, a little rinky dink uh, right. 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 grocery store or something. Right. It's kind of right. like the Costco there, right? So you have to get all the stuff yeah. know, knowing, knowing that in anticipation. Right. But this is at every store. It's not, you know, the highest end stores will be like that as well. Interesting. They'll but carry a, something and then they won't have it. Yeah. And there's a market yet, right? So, I mean, yes. What's yes. up? So, I have a question. So, you moved to Mexico to retire, but you opened a bed and breakfast. Is that, has that become a lot of work? You find it so, relaxing? Uh, we opened the bed and breakfast more as a hobby than anything else. Okay. We, as I said, we I ran the spreadsheets and all that, that we could live here without ever having a single guest here. Uh-huh. Okay. Perfect. Uh, yeah, we bought a larger house than we need because we thought we were going to do the bed and breakfast. But we still, you know, that was just initial capital outlay. We still think you planned on living totally off of other income okay. that we wouldn't have to do the bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. No, it, it, it hasn't been bad. You know, at, towards the end of the winter season, you know, when we have all rooms booked for, you know, like three months straight, we, we sort of do get tired of it. Yeah. <laughs> then when when all the guests leave, we're like, all right, now what do we do? We're bored. <laughs> <laughs> it must be fun meeting meeting new people every week. And Yeah, it's great. Exactly why we did it. And that's why we continue to do it. That's why we enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is specifically that. But. You know, and, and for the most part, you know, we have maybe two rooms rented at a time mm-hmm. and, you know, people coming and going. So and it's always, you know, for the most part, meeting new people. There's not much work. You know, we, we have we have a person who takes care of a pool. We have a person who cleans the house. You know, the, the, the labor here is dirt cheap. So we have someone, a handyman who takes care of fixing odds and ends. Wow. Yeah. You're living like kings uh, and queens. Yeah. 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 Who, co- who, yeah. Cooks the, who cooks the breakfast? Roy. Roy loves to cook. Oh, that's As a matter great. of fact. Lucky you. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he's an excellent <laughs> cook too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, as a matter of fact, he'll sometimes even cook dinner for the guests just because he enjoys cooking. Whoa, wow. Nice. So, yeah, you know, the guests get a you know, <laughs> free dinner or whatever. <laughs> and he cooks dinner for our neighbors. He, he just <laughs> loves doing it. But, but the only, you know, fixed thing that we do is we cook breakfast every morning for the guests, quote unquote, fluff the rooms. Uh, you know, we make we make the bed and, um, you know, check if they need new towels or anything like that. And other than that, the cleaning lady. Mm-hmm. Does all the cleaning. The pool person takes care of the pool and what have you. We do wow. our own laundry, but yeah, yeah, that's not much more for something to do than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> hey, was the move difficult psychologically, physically? You know, did you have to downsize? No, we 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 downsized when we moved here. Uh, luckily, and very 
smart that we did or luckily that we did. We moved down here with six suitcases. Wow. Oh my goodness. Uh, uh, we got rid of all our furniture. Basically, we, we had a huge house in Oregon, gave our furniture away to kids. It's what the kids wanted. They took what the kids didn't want. We sold what we couldn't sell. We gave away to charity. All we came down here was primarily, you know, a couple pair of jeans, bunch of shorts, flip-flops, T-shirts, and, you know, a few nice. We, we brought, you know, maybe about five or six uh long sleeve shirts mm-hmm. that we've never worn. <laughs> uh, and, and that's a, a, a couple short sleeve dress shirts. Okay. So uh, there wasn't, yeah, so there wasn't like any kind of sentimental attachments to things. You didn't have boxes of, I don't know, photos, you know, all those things. <laughs> yeah, we did. So photos, we, we had uh, lots and lots and lots of photos. Mm. You know, we live on the beach. It's humid. Mm. Uh, the photos would get ruined. Mm-hmm. Before we left, we took all the photos mm-hmm. to a, a place in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and digitized them. Oh, which one? Which one? <laughs> uh, DJI, I think it's called. It's on um, just on the Brooklyn Queens border. Um, check that out because I don't trust those three faces. Oh, they they were fabulous. They were absolutely fantastic. Because you know our generation didn't have the uh, smartphones <laughs> back then. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I have, I'm techie, so, you know, uh, we have a smart house. We have the, oh, uh, nice. the the Google version of the Echo Show, of the Amazon Show, yeah. you know, the little screen that's in the kitchen and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it's Love connected that. into Google Photos. And yeah, just the other day I was showing, oh, look, that's my father when he was, Aww. you know, like eight years old and my Aww. uncle when he was two years old, yeah. my yeah. grandparents and over there are my great grandparents you know <laughs> photos that were scanned in and then yeah that was uploaded. smart oh that's we great uploaded no, that, it all to google yeah that's so smart we're doing that now in anticipation so, yeah and we got rid of all our books we had we, we pretty much gave away you know the coffee table books yeah i guess we sort of missed that the mm-hmm. the reading books we just have switched to kindle mm-hmm. you know doing all that roy kept a few of his cookbooks because uh, he likes sure. having him, although he st- he now uses the online versions more than uh, <laughs> the paper effects. Uh, we kept our artwork. Artwork we kept. Okay. Some of it we didn't bring down here because of the humidity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have some you know nice prints and stuff. We we left that with our kids. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. We didn't give it away. We said, look, you're holding on to this for us. If we ever move back to the States, <laughs> or if we ever move to an area yeah, that's yeah. less humid, we're going to take them. But for now, you're putting them on your wall and you're keeping them. <laughs> so um, how often How often do you guys um, go home? Well, before COVID, I th- we tried to go home about four times a year, three oh. or four mm-hmm. times a year. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or, or if we didn't go up there, we tried to see our families three to four times a year. Okay. So if they didn't, if we didn't come up, they would have come down sort of Okay. Oh, nice. And how's COVID now um, in Mexico? Where we live, everyone walks around in a mask and, you know, follows his social distancing. But in the town we live in, I don't think there's been a single case. Oh, Wow. Maybe, maybe there's been, uh, you know, one or two cases. That's about it. The next town over on Progresso, there's probably had, have had about a hundred cases. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe a handful of deaths. 
Merida has had a lot. Merida is a city of a million people, so uh, they've had a lot. Uh, but still, not nothing like the States. Okay. Yeah. And, and is the vaccine making its way through? Supposedly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. there's a website that you're supposed to be able to register mm-hmm. to get the vaccine. And I'm still trying to get through. It's yeah. now a week that I've been trying to get through on that website to register. You, you're, you've had the same problem. Yeah, yeah, I have the same problem. I, I was lucky to, to get an appointment yeah, for a Gene couple. Yeah, got an appointment. Um, um, I, I have just a question about your town. I was reading that the only there's only one ATM and it's in the Navy base. Is that is that correct? <laughs> yeah. Um, so at the we're 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 on a barrier island. Uh, like wow. Long Beach Island or sure, something like sure. that. Yeah. Think of that or, or the Rockways. We're we're in pretty much the center of it. You go to one side, there's a town called Chiburna. It's like seven kilometers away. You go the other direction, it's seven kilometers away to a, a section called Eucalpatin. Eucalpatin is at the end where the inlet comes in and there's a naval base there. So on that naval base, there is an ATM. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, since COVID started, it, it's not allowed to use. Uh, it's only for the naval base personnel. Okay. So we have to go into Progresso to get to an ATM. Okay. Okay. And uh, in Progresso, well, there's Citibank, Banamex, there's Santander, HSBC. There's a bunch of banks yes. in, Money. in Progresso with ATMs where we can get cash. Mm-hmm. This is a cash economy where we're at. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, especially on the beach, grocery stores, the little uh, food stalls and um, vegetable stands and all that. Uh, the, the, most of the restaurants here only take cash, only take pesos. There are a couple that will take credit cards, but not many. Uh, in Merida, everything, everyone takes credit cards. In Progresso, it's about 50-50. The larger restaurants will take credit cards. The, the, the smaller ones won't. Hey, Rob, would you consider where you are elder friendly? Yes. Uh, well, first of all, everyone here is old. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> that, 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 that's not really true. Uh, there are actually a lot of young families here, ex, young expat families, which is strange. Because you know, kids with uh, with families with small kids, and you're like, um, really, you're you're yeah. you're putting them in the Mexican school system. Hmm. I mean, they're private schools too, but it, it's I don't know. I, I I don't quite agree with it. Let's leave it at that. Okay. Uh, the rest of us are all pretty much retirees. Where we live, the roads are pretty much dirt roads, so picking a wheelchair on isn't the easiest thing. Of course, in Progresso, it's all you know, asphalt, regular cement and all that. Uh, So it's not an issue in Progresso. Uh, People will build houses here, which are, you know, uh, have full accessibility. It's it's not really an issue. Okay. And mostly ranch or single story. Yeah. You know, a lot of people build a second story to get the view of the ocean if they're not Uh, right on the ocean. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, And some people build a second story even on the ocean to get better wind. Uh, higher up, you get more wind flowing through. But a, a, a lot of it, most of it here is single story, and most people just build single story. So tell us, did the city meet or not meet your expectations? Uh, it exceeded our expectations. And when I'm talking about city, I'm talking about Merida. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. This is embarrassing. 
we came here, we flew into Cancun, we rented a car, and we drove to Chilem, and we had no idea that there was this city of a million people called Merida, because we took a, a highway, you know, a, a toll road that's as good as any toll road in the States from um, Cancun to the outskirts of Merida, at which point there was a ring road. Again, you know, a highway, same as in any city in the United States. Uh, we went on that ring road. It's called the Periferico. And then we took the highway from the, the north end of the ring road up to Chilem. So we never went into this. It, it was later in the evening. Uh, we never went into Merida. We didn't even know it existed other than the <laughs> sign said, you know, Merida straight ahead, progresso, make a right. Oh, no. So, yeah, when we found out that, oh, there is a city here and, oh, wow. <laughs> I have two words for you. City. I have two words. Google Earth. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, I, well, you know, and then we came in and. You know, when you're coming in from the north, the first thing you hit is a big shopping mall, uh, a gallery, a shopping mall with an ice skating rink in the middle of oh it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then you have Costco and then you have Home Depot and then you have Chili's and then you have Fridays. <laughs> and then, you're like, you know, I'm not in Mexico. <laughs> exactly. You have Sears and then another shopping mall. Um, and then you drive into the center, the Centro, the old part of town. Uh, which was, the city was founded in 1548 or something, 1565. Wow. Uh, it's a really old historic city. So we were like, wow, there's, you know, there's culture, there's uh, <laughs> all this stuff, plus all these conveniences. Nice. Yeah. At 20,000 a year. <laughs> uh-huh. Can you, can you tell us about the entertainment scene? Museum, okay. So things like that? let's yeah. start with movies. Movies, uh, we get all first-run movies from the States uh, in English with, oh. t- with Spanish subtitles. Oh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> the movie theaters here are, A, well, for $2, you go into the regular movie theater. Okay. For $4, you, can, you go into the Platino Theater. The Platino Theater, first of all, has food and drink served to your chair. Power reclining chairs. Wow. Yeah. And because it's overly air conditioned and you're wearing shorts and a t shirt to give you blankets <laughs> to keep you warm. Wow. For okay. All for four dollars for four dollars oh, for a first run movie. This is in Merida or Progresso? In Merida. This is in Merida. Okay. Uh Progresso has a movie theater as well, but they don't have the the Platino one, the, the VIP stuff. Then there is there is opera. And there's symphony. Uh, every Sunday, there's there's a, there's a symphony in Merida, and they have a performance every Sunday. Actually, they have it twice a week. They have, uh, you know, they 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 put on about four operas a year, maybe five operas a year. Mm-hmm, nice. Uh, the only issue, of course, with the opera is that, like, you go to the Met or something, and you know, on the seat it has the uh, libretto in English, you know, telling you the story in English. Mm-hmm. Here, it's, <laughs> it's it, the- they have it, but it's um, it's in Spanish. Uh, yeah. yeah, sure, of course, of course, doesn't do you much good. But it's a it, it's a classic 1800s 
opera house. Itacular. Wow. You know, really beautiful. There is theater, mm-hmm. uh, but the theater's in Spanish, so we never got right. them. Okay. What, what about uh, us? What about sports? Is there a soccer team in Merida? Uh, there, there, there's actually a baseball team. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. There, there's it, not, not, nothing. You know, it, it, it's not. There's no major sports. Uh, there, there is a uh, the, probably the most major sport they have in Merida is baseball. There's soccer fields all over the place. There, you know, uh, local soccer teams playing all the time. Uh, baseball is the only sport that, you know, spectator sport typically that you would have in Merida. Wow. Okay. Okay. So Gene, ESPN for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and we, we get all that. We, you know, mm-hmm. we have a fire stick. Yeah. And yeah. so we get all the US sure. TV stations and stuff like that. Right. I, I, I feel like you're in Brooklyn, actually, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. In a lot of ways, we are. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah. and it's safe. Uh, Merida was rated as like the fifth safest city in the world. Mm-hmm. Wow. This whole area is rated as the number one place to retire to. Yeah. Because of the safety, because of the low cost of living. Yeah. I mean, we do have crime, but the crime is is, is petty crime. It's like people will break into a house and steal a laptop or an iPad. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's about it. Wow. Final question. What advice would you have for prospective retirees going down this road, especially moving abroad? You recommend it? Yeah, but rent for a year. Number one recommendation, mm-hmm. do not come down here and buy something right away. You'll be sorely tempted to because of the pricing and all that. Mm-hmm. Come rent a place for a year and see if you like it. It's not for everyone. You know, as I said, it's hot and humid 10 months out of the year. The sun is really strong. Yes, it's inexpensive. Yes, you know, there's lots to do, but it's not everyone's cup of tea. And you might decide that, gee, I don't, you know, the beach looks really nice and it's fun to vacation, but I don't want to live on the beach. I want to live in the city or I want to live a few rows back from the water so I don't have to deal with this salt air Mm. hitting everything and all that sort of stuff and the constant maintenance because of it. The number one thing is come try it out. It's inexpensive to come and try out. You don't, you you can just, you can come for six months on a a tourist visa, rent a place and get really get the feel for it before committing to moving down here. Okay. Interesting. You said it was hot. Do you go in the pool every day? Uh, it, not in the winter, but uh, yes, in the summer. As a matter of fact, in the summer, it gets our pool gets so hot that it's too hot to go in the pool. We go oh my into goodness. the uh, Gulf. No. We go into the ocean. <laughs> yeah. No. Our, pool, our, our pool reaches about 96, 97 degrees. Oh, my goodness. Summer. I can't believe that. I never knew that. Okay. So yeah. your B&B is fully air conditioned, Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Just in case, just in case, you know, our listeners well, well, ask. Well, you know, there are people who get acclimated. We haven't, but there are. I'm not one of them. Get acclimated. <laughs> Never. And have no, they live in here without air conditioning. Yeah. Wow. We have heard friends of those people. who live here without air conditioning. Yeah. They're strange. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Great. Wow, this has been wonderful. Yeah, you wonderful. were wonderful. Thank We've you taken so much. So much of your time. Ah, and no um, problem. My pleasure. Yeah, yeah, this was really, really great. Um, we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. Thank you so sure, much. My pleasure. Yeah, we, we may book a place. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to send you yeah, some dates. Sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. Say hi All to right. Roy. Thank you. Have a okay. good weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed our show. If you know of someone who relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retirethere.com. Our website is retirethere.com. And you may follow us on Twitter at retirethere underscore. Don't leave out that underscore. And if you liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. In the meantime, be well.